Welcome everyone to Zoomies, your doggy podcast on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana Milne from Pet Pals Dog Training, your local dog trainer. And thank you for joining us today in this lovely, beautiful, sunny afternoon here on our lovely studio in Karen. I wanted to have a little dog check today with you guys. Um, have you noticed the uh, new programs that started in July in our television networks, the commercial networks? Uh, wanted to talk to you about one that I've been watching that is called The New Leash on Life. This is a six-episode program, and it is on the ABC channel and ABC I view. So it is on a Tuesday at 8 p.m. Presented by comedian Joel Cressley and dog behaviorist Laura Viceratis. I actually chat with you before about the lovely book that Laura has written about rescue dogs uh, in one of our episodes. I talk about that. And they both try to reduce the number of dogs in our pounds. So together they rescue, train, and pair each dog with a family or a person in need of a new best friend. And uh, Laura is a, a force-free positive reinforcement trainer. This one I really think it is worth checking out. So we are going to episode four, I think, coming this week. So got two more to go. And hopefully... ABC can sign them for another group of s episodes. And they actually were uh, filmed in Perth, these um, six segments. So I have to mention to you the, um, there is a section coming and is about the Paul August. What is the Paul August? It is actually held by the guide dogs. It is an uh, incentive so people can actually see if they sign up for the new Paul August challenge. The person actually chooses a distance that they would like to walk or run throughout the month of August. And the person then that chooses to do this, this very much big challenge <laughs> ahead of them, can ask their family, their friends and workmates to sponsor them. And then the funds raised are to support guide dogs. And don't forget guide dogs, to be able to train a guide dog from puppyhood, all the graduation, it does, it's a costly situation. So you definitely, you know, as much as you can help getting guide dogs trained, um, highly appreciated. So far, a total of 5,198 people have signed up for Poor August. So, and to register and participate, you can go to www.pawgust.com.au. How do you spell Pawgust? P-A-W-G-U-S-T. Okay, so that's our little hint that I wanted to chat with you today. On our doggy chat, I wanted as well to continue and actually approach something I haven't mentioned to you guys before. I have been to many, many, probably hundreds or maybe a few thousand, I'll say more towers, thousand of family homes uh, looking after dogs, pet sitting, doing dog walking, and as a dog trainer as well. And there have been occasions that I noticed that the owners, unfortunately, are keeping more dogs or pets that they actually should. I never say anything, I never do anything about, but I think it's important to actually instruct the pet owners out there in regard especially how many 
dogs and cats that you can hold in your home, on suburban home. So I did a bit of research on our Kingston Council website, and uh, there is actually a limit of num- number of animals you can have in the property. And if you want to keep more than the specified number, you actually can apply for an excess animal permit with your local council. And how these numbers actually are uh, worked out? Actually, the numbers are worked out depending on the size of your block of land. Okay? So actually, it goes like this. I will start with the smaller block, okay, a matrix. The blocks of land smaller than 530 meters square and units, you can have two cats, one dog, rodents and reptiles, two, large bird, two, a small bird, ten of those. Okay, so with our land house land sizes reducing, the the average block has reduced quite a lot. So that would be the number of pets that you can have. So actually, you cannot have two dogs and two cats. You can have two cats, but one dog on these smaller blocks of five hundred thirty meters square in units. Then going to the next bracket of block land sizes. These ones are blocks in between 530 meters square up to 4,000 meters square. This actually comprehends my block of land. I've got a 600 meter square block of land. You can have two cats, two dogs, five rodent reptiles, ten poultry, poultry chicken, game bird two, large bird 5, small birds such as canary 50. Okay, so this is the second size. Now we're going to bigger, bigger size of land. Blocks bigger than 4,000 meters square. You can have cats 4, dogs 4, rodents, reptiles 10, Poultry, 25, small birds, 50, large birds, 5, and game birds, 25. So this, it is uh, important to keep an eye because if you happen to have more, for whatever reason may be, you need to ask permission from your local council and obviously we'll have a fee correspondent to the excess number of pets that you have. So we have to apply for this. And there are obviously reasons behind. Don't forget on suburbia, if you have too many animals, um, in case of dogs, the noise level for your neighbors can be at times uh, quite overwhelming in terms of barking sounds. So there are a lot of reasons behind. We live in a community. We need to respect each other's spaces. And, uh, you know, so we respect each other and we live in harmony out there in our suburbia. So as the sizes of our blocks of lands have been reducing with the uh, increase of our population, correspondently, uh, you know, the, the capacity, the holding capacity of the number of pets as well has changed accordingly. Okay, so thank you so much. I think there's a bit of stats, but... We need, we're here to educate people and to try to share a bit of information there. We have availability and possibility of researching for you, okay? Because when you go on the council's website, there's so much out there, 
and sometimes you just don't know where to actually find uh, certain information. So I'm trying to help here a little bit. We are going to go for a short little break, and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen with Adriana Mill. Chat soon. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash keeping you up at night Don't worry, don't worry about a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Hi everyone, welcome to Zoomies, your doggy podcast on Radio Karen, and I'm Adriana Milne. I wanted to chat with you about um, some tips for dog training, okay? So when you're walking dogs out there on the city perimeter streets, I want uh, to touch base with you the aspect that I, on a regular basis, see a lot of dogs being walked of leash in areas where they actually should not be. And this is actually getting a bit worse, guys. And we have uh, reasons why dogs shouldn't be off leash on the streets. Number one, even if they're very highly trained, we share our spaces with others. And other owners actually sometimes can have dogs that are not friendly, even if yours happens to be a very friendly dog with our dogs out there. So when we're passing with a dog on a leash and you've got another person coming with an unleashed dog, many times that unleashed dog is wanting to come to say hello to your dog. And if you happen to be walking a reactive dog or a dog that had just been adopted from a shelter environment or the pound, Some of these dogs need a lot of space. They are st just learning and getting familiarized with the suburbia. Sometimes never had training, haven't been walked uh, around household environments like that on streets, in suburbs, could be coming from a rural area. And we need to give these dogs more space. Some of them, um, with the owner who adopted, might have the Give Me Space, the yellow jacket, That is a sign that the dog definitely needs to have space. You can't just come on top of this dog with your dog. Uh, for There's many reasons why this dog might need space, reactive, maybe sometimes even aggressive, and it's proper training and still just starting uh, to get used to the environments around it. And uh, we can't have a dog coming to say hello right at the face, okay? And there has situations that... I have tried to talk to the people coming in my direction and they say, no, my dog is friendly. Well, it can be friendly, but not all dogs being walked on the leash happen to be friendly as well. Another situation is that if you have an animal management council ranger out there, you'll be fine on the spot. Council animal manager rangers, they obviously have quite a few duties to do, but... It is actually illegal to walk a dog unleashed on the city streets. doesn't matter how well-trained it is. There are areas in appropriate times where you can do that. On off-leash areas, 
where fully fenced or not, beach areas at designated time and when the ones that have the signage. You know, sometimes of the year are allowed at specific hours, others not at all. You have to respect. If everyone respects and does the right thing, it will be much smoother for everybody else involved and a lot of dog attacks would be avoided. Please, um, and that comes as well for having dogs off leash in just little park areas um, on the state area where you are. And uh, these parks are definitely not an off leash designated area. We w- sometimes children playing there in playground areas, you can't have dogs not leashed. So we need to do the right thing because otherwise, you know, like you're trying to work on prevention, uh, minimizing risks for all the the people involved out there. Please, guys, do the right thing. Um, I'm sure that you can just leash your dog and it doesn't take long. You get to the designated part, you know, put in the car and take to the right area and everybody has a great time together. Let's look after each other, okay? Very appreciated. So, other re- in regards that I wanted to talk involving dog training tips is... If you are the curving, curving around another dog that is approaching, when you've got a dog that's not friendly or is still in training and you are coming, uh, let's see, that on the same side of the street there's a dog coming towards you, when you have an area, if it's on a park area or a wider street footpath, I would highly suggest that if you are walking a dog that's slightly reactive and not that friendly and still on early stages, as I said, of training, try to do a curving around this person that is approaching you um, face on. If you have a, a chance to open, I would say to the left, if you've got a person coming towards the right, your right-hand side, passing by on your right-hand side, try to do is like a letter C, a curving to the left and then you rejoin the footpath and continue. And throughout this letter C, you get your food reward from your treat pouch. There are, we suggest, high-value high food reward out there for the high-environment situations, you know. And you get your dog to look at you as it's passing this other dog in person. So get the focus of this dog on you, your dog on you, and you just very calmly relax, just curve around and go straight again. This can be very useful if you are passing by a fence, a fence where a dog is being very territorial and barking a lot. You don't want your dog to get spooked or to learn to fight through the fence to get to this other dog. That's another scenario that curving would work very well. Say you're walking on a straight direction on a footpath, and on your left, it happens to have a dog barking, barking, full on, protecting its boundaries. But you can have... Sometimes a situation like, say, an and Highway, a very busy road here. You can't cross to the other side of the street. So open a little bit more to your right and curve the other way around. So on your left, you've got the fence, the dog barking a lot, and you do it like curving to the right-hand side, letter C, opposite direction, and get your dog focused on you. You know, ask the look, reward calm behavior, and curving around the trigger, the dog barking, and just rejoin the footpath ahead of you, okay? What you do not want to happen is that your dog comes to the fence and starts getting aggro and barking really back at this dog. What will create an unwanted behavior, a scenario that you don't want to be reproduced, okay? If you are calm and relaxed and the leash has a slack on the, 
on the whole leash itself, the dog will pick that sort of energy from you. Ah, mommy's not worried, so I shouldn't be worried about. We're just passing this by and continue doing our own thing. Okay? So they get, dogs get actually guidance from you. They pick the energy. If you're tense and you start tightening the leash, they think there's something to worry about. Oh, mommy's worried. I should watch out what's going on here. Uh, I'm tense. Yeah, something to worry about. So just relax, get by, and continue casually, you know, and progress to the, the street where you want to aim at ahead of you. So that's one of the tips about curving around triggers. And the trigger can be in the situation that I said, someone walking a dog on the street when you've got a reactive dog, uh, dogs barking behind fences. And sometimes, say, if your dog doesn't like cats or tends to chase you know, cats, and there's a cat on the front of the driveway. So you want bit by bit to familiarize your dog with cats. But if sometimes the situation you, you can't cross, as I said, a busy road, the side of you, you just cannot cross. And if you go too tight, too much on top of that trigger, in case the cat, some cats can actually come after you. What happens once in my life before, that I was passing with two friendly dogs, but the cat came out of the bush and literally mount <laughs> Hazy, the foxhound, totally unexpectedly, and it was quite a spook for little Hazy. And he kept coming towards us. I crossed the street, and this cat kept coming towards us for like two, three houses down. Something like that can happen. And if, if your dog, in that case, um, that I was talking before, hasn't been introduced to cats yet and has a tendency to chase cats because they can move pretty fast, and you do the same. Try to do a curving, get your dog focus on you, ask the look, and just curve to the right, and you continue passing ahead, okay? So I'm going to ask another tiny short break and you're listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. G'day everyone, I'm AC from Friday Night Frothies, also very involved in the sporting club. We're here today at the grand opening. Any opportunity I get I'll be listening to Radio Karen. Hi everyone. Thank you for listening to Zoomies on Radio Karen. I'm Adriana Mion from Pet Pals Dog Training. I wanted to do a little wrapping of the, how the webinar that I did for the Pet Professional Guild went uh, yesterday evening. I really had a very good time. Um, it was the first time that I did a webinar and the title was Tips on Using Pet Services, Dog Walking, Pet Sitting and Dog Daycare. So I went very much in depth of all these topics. And um, so there was a possibility for questions at the end. And this webinar is actually taped at the Pet Professional Guild website under events and webinars available. So if you go ppgaustralia.net.au and um, events, and then you get to the page of webinars and you can access. So we went for about close to an hour. And uh, so it's an information that will be available as a resource because a great insight when you are just looking for a pet sitter, uh, a dog walker or someone to do training walks with your dog or even considering putting a dog, your dog in dog daycare, for example, for a couple of days during the week, what you should be looking for, the qualifications of this person, the level of expertise the person has, 
if they belong to professional associations, the methods of training they use that are all for free, that you know they know what they're doing and they really um, have the public liability insurance that's so much important to have. They are police check because you wouldn't have uh, people that you don't know coming to your home. That they really have uh, expertise in the particular species they're going to handle. In the case if they're going to pet sit rabbits, guinea pigs, ferrets, that they actually know what they're going to about these pets, you know, the same with cats, that they actually have experience with cats. And, um, yeah, really important, they've got a car, that, you know, in an emergency they know what to do, pet first aid as well for uh, emergencies itself, that, you know, they're professionals as well, have got enough information, a good professional website, and they present themselves as such. And uh, they've got referees that you can contact and uh, very good reviews. So, um, yeah, that's what a little summary of this lovely webinar that was presented yesterday. And I wanted to talk about the breed profile today. And the breed of choice that I have today is the Pomeranian. So Pomeranians have gorgeous feathered tails. Uh, this breed has a thick double coat. It comes in a variety of coat colors. They may include red, orange, white, cream, brown black and tan, orange sable, brindle, and party color. The temperament of the Pomeranian is a lively little dog, intelligent, eager to learn. It has a docile and affectionate nature. It's alert, inquisitive, and active. This breed can be great at learning new tricks. It's important to teach this toy breed house boundaries early and how to greet visitors. So the visitors that come to the home, uh, so the dog learns to be polite around the guests without barking, okay? Because of its size, the Pomeranian can make a good companion for an older person. The types of health problems that a Pomeranian may have, they may be prone to dislocated kneecaps, sleep stifle, heart problems, eye infections, skin irritations, they need special care to keep their teeth and gums in good conditions. The living conditions. This little dog can be okay for apartment living, but they are very active indoors. So be careful not to overheat the dog in hot weather. Exercise. They do require daily walks and daily play in a secured fenced-in yard or fenced-in area. The Pomeranian life expectancy is about 15 years. In regards to grooming, their double coat should be brushed frequently. Clean the eyes and ears regularly and take the dog for regular dental checkups. The Pomeranian is a constant shedder. Interesting part now about the origin of the breed. It got its name from the region of Pomerania which is now the area of Germany and Poland, where it was developed from the ancient Spitz breeds. The early Pomeranians were much larger and worked as sheep herders. Can you imagine? <laughs> Think like an oversized Pomeranian <laughs> working as sheep herders is quite, uh, yes, quite different. In, nine, in, sorry, in 1870, the Kennel Club in England first recognized them as a breed. And in 1888, Queen Victoria began breeding and showing the dogs. 
It was she who started breeding them down in size, making the breed very popular in England. Some of the great talents that a Pomeranian can have for agility and definitely for performing tricks. And they belong to the toy group here in Australia. So I have, uh, today's a shorter show, and it's such a gorgeous weather out there, and I just wish that you all have a wonderful time ahead and uh, enjoying the great outdoors and the sunny weekend that's shaping up, especially tomorrow. Today has been absolutely awesome, guys. Uh, the weather was such a pleasure to be outdoors today with the dogs. And don't forget, exercise them, okay? And um, I'm going to have very good uh, two interviews coming up, lined up for the next two Fridays. I'm very much looking forward to it. And don't forget to send some ideas of uh, topics you like us to talk here, or some people, if, even if you're a pet owner, a dog owner, you like to be part or with us here in the studio, and we can chat about your dogs and the challenges you face on your daily life with them. And if you came from another country, we can talk about their experiences and compare how dogs live and are looked after in different countries. And uh, the experiences you, you have for us are just invaluable. We love talking about dogs and can talk all day long. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> so have fun. And we are looking forward then for the next week ahead. And thank you so much for joining us on Zoomies, okay? Bye! <laughs>